Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Red Men News on a day where we remember those 96 who lost their lives at Hillsborough 31 years ago today. Um, obviously, we're normally a bit more playful and a bit more around the world of sport or whatever on these shows. But we want to start where things have to start because it is such a, a, a big day in the in the calendar for all Liverpool fans and really all of football uh, worldwide. So we're going to start. Obviously, I've got myself here. Uh, I've got Errol's here as well. We're going to talk to a couple of the Liverpool um, articles or whatever relating to the anniversary today. And then we do have a couple more news stories, which we'll get to. Uh, if you want to leave any thoughts, feelings or tributes or whatever to the 96 and the friends and families associated with Hills, please do uh, in the comments and obviously spread some love on social media as well because it is a very, very uh, trying and testing period for those affected by the disaster. Uh, Liverpool... Uh, football club uh, by the official Liverpool website uh, have paid tribute um, to the 96 Liverpool supporters who lost their lives. Uh, they laid a wreath at um, at the memorial at Anfield on the, on the wreath read, we stand together today as a family to remember the 96 Liverpool fans, men, women and children who so tragically lost their lives at Hillsborough. It's saddening that during these unprecedented circumstances that we cannot be together today in person at the last ever memorial service at Anfield to pay our respects to the 96, their families, the survivors and everyone affected by this tragedy. We hope to reschedule a memorial service in the near future so that we can come together to celebrate the lives of the 96. Despite this, we are together in spirit today to offer our love and support on this very difficult day. The 96 will forever be in our thoughts. They will never be forgotten. You'll never walk all over them. Everyone at LFC and the LFC Foundation. Um, Jürgen Klopp has put a message out on social media as well saying today is the most significant day for our football club each year. The plan was that we were together at Anfield today, but this is not possible. Uh, the only thing we can make sure is that we're in each other's thoughts and believe me you are in our thoughts you have our thoughts our prayers most of all you have our love you'll never walk alone and the Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson has similarly sent a video message out saying today was a day when as a club we were supposed to be together at Anfield to honour the lives of 96 people who went to a football match and never came home the fact that we weren't able to do so will make this anniversary especially hard for families and survivors of Hillsborough uh, I'm not one for making speeches but on behalf of all the players at Liverpool I want to let you know uh, that everyone affected know that you are in our thoughts today as ever we are together in spirit even if we can't be together in person you'll never walk alone um, Errol uh, I mean I think this is the most important thing for this 
obviously Liverpool's captain, Liverpool's manager coming at Liverpool, making sure that it's not forgotten. First and foremost, it's a very, very unusual circumstance. We're so used for this day being a day where people get together, you know, where the club, the players uh, and, you know, the staff all get together and lay reads and tributes. And we're so used to seeing memorials. It's a very unusual day that, you know, as mentioned, the most significant day in the the calendar for Liverpool Football Club um, has to be done, you know, at a distance, really. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there, mate. And I think it's normally, in, if you're from Liverpool or, you, you know, in and around the city, you know it's a day that brings the whole city together. Um, both sides, of no matter who you support in that respect, everyone just comes together. You see it on people's Facebooks, on Twitters, I can imagine, um, you know, all the comments and the tributes that do come in. I just think in terms of our figureheads, it, for me, it just shows why, you know, we are at the moment, you know, the best club in the world. We've got people like that that still care. It's still at the heart of everything that they um, do in the focal point. It doesn't really just get, as you said, just get left by the wayside. Um, so I, I'm just, you know, hoping today that that process of collective thinking um, and we can all just share that that same positive energy and put our thoughts in towards that. And, and as I say, there will be a time for a proper memorial, I can imagine, because, you know, we don't do things by ourselves at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent on that, and uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's 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 important that the the figureheads of the club do come out and, and, and make these things. No, it would have been easy. I say easy. I mean, not not really, but you take my meaning on this is that because of the current environment, it might have been things might have fallen by the wayside. There's lots of yeah. other kind of thoughts and considerations, but what I like is at the centre of this, and I think this is important because for people watching at home and people listening at home, you know, we've seen we've seen people taking to the to the streets on Thursday evenings at eight o'clock to clap the NHS and all that kind of stuff like and it's nothing but a symbolic gesture but symbolic gestures matter more now than ever than ever before and it's that collective thinking everyone and being in unison at the same time giving that same energy out i'm a big believer in that anyway and and i think you know it, it definitely is important that we we, we, we're doing that in our own special way i think the club at the moment like any football club is spinning so many plates but this is one that's never been forgotten. It's never wobbled in any way. It's just always been a focal point and it always will be for this club. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm just, it just feels a bit strange, but I think it's like, it's like every, and everyone's just put compartmentalizing this period and knowing when we get out of this period that we've got a lot of making up on a lot of fronts. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, just a, just a note to everyone at home there, as always, actually, and it's something that kind of, one of the things that kind of people tend to observe, particularly in the city of Liverpool, but there'll be a minute silence at, at, at six minutes past three, which is a, a fantastic, a fantastic thing. And as I say, you know, for so, for so many people, like social media is not a particularly important thing in our, in our lives, but it has become more and more central during the, during the pandemic. But I think what, what is vital, I think everyone needs to remember is that our, People who survived Hillsborough, there are families of people who survived, there are families of people who died, there are friends, of there are support networks that simply cannot be together during this. And this is a, an incredibly hard and challenging day for so many people associated with Liverpool, unassociated with Liverpool, associated with the city of Liverpool, um, that, or, you know, normally, you know, I'm, I'm very quick to say that don't, you know, treat social media too seriously. But, you know, I think this is a really good time for people to spread positive messages, to send messages of love. You know, if you, if you know people who've been affected by Hillsborough, to get in contact with and just make sure they're okay today because this is we've got wider things to worry about we've got to take care of our families you've got to take this and that but on this day in particular if you hold Liverpool football club exactly if you hold Liverpool football club in your heart this it's essential that we just do whatever even if it's only a, a teeny tiny drop in the ocean 
spread a bit of love today because um, it could make a, a world of difference. And I've been saying that, you know, since we've been in a new segment, since we've been, you know, in lockdown, you know, now's a great time to start a conversation. So as you were saying there, those people that are a little bit cut out of society at the minute or a little bit isolated and you know the, you know, they they might have been there or whatever it was back in the day. Everyone's got friends or family that have been affected. Just reach out, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a FaceTime, whatever it might be. Just start a conversation with people today. Everyone's got, you know, the topic of the day to really talk about and, and just go from there. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, uh, uh, stay tuned, obviously, um, to and have a read through the, the Redman TV Twitter account and stuff. Obviously, Liverpool will be putting stuff out during the day. We'll be we'll be retweeting stuff. And obviously, we're going to be a little bit more uh, subdued and what have you out of respect for today and what have you. But there is plenty of other stuff going to be going on throughout the rest of the week. And, uh, yeah, when we know a little bit more about what happens with the rescheduling of the memorial, then, of course, we will let you guys know as well. Uh, we're going to move on to a couple of just general football stories. And um, then one error from the Liverpool Echo, uh, which talked... They've uh, been, I don't know if it's them directly, oh, sorry, the Times have been speaking to a, an epidemiologist, which is nice to speak to some experts, I guess, uh, at, a, at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia, who thinks it will not be possible for fans to attend sports events until a vaccine exists for coronavirus. Um, and he said, basically, you know, 60,000 people is just far too big a risk uh, for something very significant happening. He, hates, he says, as a scientist, I uh, I hate to say I'm ever 100% sure about anything, but I'm as close to 100% as I ever been that we cannot return to fill to capacity stadium until we have a vaccine period the best guess is about 18 months now of course you know you're talking about uh, uh that might just be america you never know things might be a little bit quicker in england but it's another one of those stories that we're probably not looking to hear right now um we kind of get them on the cycle every few days. You get a real boost about football and then you get a real knockback on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, we kind of said that, you know, first and foremost, the ultimate caveat that we do, we've been doing on the show for weeks now, public safety comes first and foremost. But yeah, it's a mad thought to think that I think a lot of us have got on our heads that football might come back behind closed doors, which it probably will. But the idea that it might be a, a year and a half before we're able to get back in Anfield is, yeah, that's a really, that's, that's mad. Uh, my biggest worry in, in, in that case is for the likes of players' wages and salaries. I don't know how that market is going to change if fans can't physically be in stadiums. And it's probably something that's not really for me to be thinking about, but that's just where my mind goes. Are players' values going to be worth that if people can't physically be in the stadiums and yeah. stuff? So it's going to have a huge, you know, ripple effect on the industry that is, you know, sport, whether it's football, whether it might be your rugby, whether it might be the UFC. Um, you know, it's going to affect all sports if you've got, even the Olympics are going to probably be affected for another couple yeah. of months in the Euro. So it, it just... It's crazy because I think how much money is in sports as an industry. It's in the billions, and you know, it, it, it just it's, it boggles my mind to think that you know the thing that gets people off the seats and you know makes people feel alive more time than not. You might have to just watch that from home all the time, and I think you know some some of us do. And I I enjoy watching the UFC at home. I enjoy watching the match at home, and you get the highlights and that. But you watch it because you know there's still a crowd there to give it an atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think you can't with everything AI at the moment and everything you can't artificially make a football atmosphere. I mean, yeah. People do, but it's it's not the same. So. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, it's a very very unusual thing, and you know that's why we're living in unprecedented times. Um, and every time something more of this kind of comes out, I think the problem is we could all do with it. I think we talked about this a bit. Um, I don't know whether we did this on the Redmen podcast yesterday, but we were chatting around it. Is that we could all just do with like some dates. 
put in in the future that we can all kind of wrap our heads around for better yeah. or for worse whatever the reality of it is we'd all like to know but that's the state right we're still so alien it that everything even now even though you they speak the times are speaking to an expert there i mean he doesn't know you know things can things can move on and things can change dramatically in and that money, time money talks paul yeah especially i know it sounds sorry to be that guy but like let's be honest money does talk so at at some point there will be the other camp that are pushing to say it's safe enough now and it's safe enough let's let's get back to how it was because they're thinking of profits and stuff so it's a fine balance um but as you said earlier you know the caveat is from our perspective right now it is the health and safety so i could almost accept behind closed doors to finish this season yeah. I think a bigger conversation in terms of how the full next season and other football or sports events are going to be carried on for the next calendar year would need to be discussed and, and you know probably have to be drummed out over a good p- couple of weeks period you know what I mean before there's any real con- solid answer to it all but I'm happy for the you know the rem- remainder of this season to not be void and just to go behind closed doors, no fans. I can accept that for what is it, eight nine games? Yeah, if it, yeah, if that's the, the way they're able to do it, then I think and that's yeah, an asset test. Yeah, it's the perfect asset test across all the leagues. Everyone's in the same position. You've all got leagues to finish. Do that as an asset test. See how you get on, yeah. and then go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, two more stories quickly to get through. Then Bournemouth have become the latest Premier League club to reverse the decision on furloughing and uh, non-playing staff, um, which is great to see uh, hear again from a, from a moral perspective on that. Uh, they say uh, these measures were not taken lightly, given the operational pressures placed on clubs in such uncertain times. The club's board of directors said in a statement on Monday. However, well placed our intentions were. We are aware criticisms are levelled at Premier League clubs applying for this scheme. We've listened to our supporters and reversed our decision to furlough these employees. The board added in the statement, we as board of directors will ensure the club can continue to operate while the season is suspended and we will not be applying for the coronavirus job retention scheme. Newcastle United, who are reporting on the verge of new ownership, remain the only Premier League club to still be intending to take use of public funds. Actually, notice Norwich, I didn't realise Norwich had also reversed the decision, which goes to tell you that all to some extent from a Liverpool perspective. I mean, again, we li- we definitely live far more in the centre of the Liverpool bubble. But the all the the story and the kickoffs that surrounded Liverpool stuff, like I, we only said yesterday, I think it was on the news show. Well, Norwich, Norwich, Newcastle, and Bournemouth are still going, and yet since then Bournemouth have come out of it. Apparently, Norwich had done it, and no one, no one knew. It just goes to show that maybe the the public outcry wasn't quite as big over the cause. It might have been a lot of it Liverpool related. Yeah, I, I think it, it's a tough one, isn't it, mate? Because again, it's unprecedented and. I I think from our perspective. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You can't, you, when you're handling a situation of this magnitude, you're not going to make every decision right the first time you go around making a decision. And as far as I'm concerned, that's okay. As long as you come back and make the right decision in the end by consensus, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like Because there's, there's no right way to do it. And, and, and until... You see how other people are getting their ducks in line and think, all right, well, that's how they're doing it over there. That's how they're doing it. Okay, now I can see the sense in doing it like that. But originally, when you're just making an independent, isolated decision, again, as I say, on this magnitude, and your advisors are on the other side of the pond, and the people that are on the other side of the pond, and they don't physically understand, and they think, oh, well, that's not necessarily a crutch, but that's a, a backstop for you know financial trouble in this time it from i can see the business aspects of why the decisions were made in the initial mm-hmm. but when you actually get the on the ground view and the, the the people that it affects most on a day-to-day basis i can completely get that side of things yeah so as i say you were not going to get every decision right first time round. but as long as we come back around and get the decisions right for the you know for the for the majority of it i'm, I'm quite happy to make sure that we get it right in the end yeah and uh, interestingly moving on then the mirror report and uh, what i think a lot of people know at this point that mike ashley owner of newcastle united has agreed in principle a 300 million pound deal to sell newcastle to a saudi arabia backed consortium um which i wonder ta- if that ties into this coronavirus retention scheme because you know it, it, he's probably thinking well i'm on my way out i'll save myself as much dough as possible it would be surprising if two reasons i think it would probably make the handover a bit easier because you're saying to the you know to the new owners don't worry about the coronavirus stuff because i've made the business as, as light financially for you as possible and also he's not losing any money on the way out the door as well but you know he apparently bought it for, uh, in 2007 for 133 million and has 110 million interest-free loan helping finance the club um it's funny isn't it like um i mean newcastle are They've been looking for this buyout for ages. I feel so sorry for Newcastle fans in some regards because they're a great, great fan base. It's a really good football club. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether these new owners are going to be any better necessarily, but um, you know, you'd struggle to be much worse than Mike Ashley. I feel like, yeah. I, to be fair, I used to be one of his employees way back in the day. My first ever job was in a sports direct when I was sixteen, and boy, I lasted two years, and, and I seen the light at the end of the tunnel. Thought, nah, the way that he runs his business is it's just not okay, and he hasn't changed that method since two thousand. 2008 and we're at 2020 now yeah. and you know you, you, you even see the stuff about sports direct and how their staff have been uh, treated in this period of things as well so it doesn't surprise me that it that he as the individual he is uh, has pulled this little maneuver because it's in his self-interest and it's sad to see that on on when something this big happens some people are still like that put everything itself in just the heart but you know what the world keeps spinning because there are people like yourself or there are people like Redmen there are people like the Liverpool family no I swear to God there are people like us that just you know at the end of the day it's about a bigger community sense of things and days like this just you know ring true when it comes to stuff like that as far as I'm concerned so yeah it's all about powering the people 
In, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what that means in terms of the Premier League, what it means for Newcastle. We've seen with Everton that, you know, because of financial fair play, you can't come in and, and, and blitz the league anymore from day from day one. But, you know, we also did a chat on that. Again, I think it was yesterday's news where we talked about, like, the Tottenham Hotspur the Tottenham Hotspur Newcastle comparisons that are Newcastle fundamentally a bigger football club than Tottenham and all of a sudden you know you've got a situation where particularly where you know where money money matters so much it's you could see Newcastle all of a sudden back to being one of those in contention for the top four top five top six places in the league if they if they've got some proper some proper back and so you know as and when football returns at least there'll be a, a, another interesting thing to, to see we thought the league was topsy-turvy at the start of you know the season it's going to be mental when when everything goes back you know everything I, I think some teams will have really benefited from this prolonged period of you know just no football and getting some players back and mm-hmm. especially some managers haven't been in their tenures that long as well yeah. so to get a, a reign of how you know they want the club to go moving forward and not have the pressure of week in week out performance because as you say football's performance led game if you, if you lose on week in week out chances are you're going to lose your job very quickly yeah but there have been a few managers that have had a, a grace period by virtue of there's been no football to play mm-hmm. so if you, the, when we come back to football, I, I just can't, I can't see it being anything other than nuts. It's going to be crazy, but it'll be yeah. good for the, it'll be good for the fans. Good to keep us entertained, if nothing else. Yeah. So anyway, look, we're going to wrap up uh, there. We're going to take some of your comments before we do. Uh, if you want more uh, in-depth chat and what have you around uh, all the Liverpool and big football stories as well, the Reds News Roundup show is recording today. That'll be on the RedmenTV.com at half seven tonight. Uh, so do go and check that out if you're looking for something to occupy you this evening and beyond as well. And of course, I sat down uh, via satellite link up with Jimmy Traore, right, which is in full 60 minutes chatting to uh, a man who, you know, single-handedly... Not really. Uh, but he had a strong hand in, in Liverpool lifting the European Cup in 2005. Uh, right, we're going to get to your comments then. Uh, yes, Rachel Ellis um, on the Hills stuff. Uh, and Tom's actually made a note of saying there were loads and loads of nice comments, but it's just a, a selection of them. Um, Rachel Ellis said, what a beautiful day for the anniversary. Yeah, the sun is shining, the skies are blue here in the city of Liverpool. And, you know, I don't know what we I mean, it was one of those situations where obviously people have got to maintain the social distance. But if you're living close enough, Anfield is in walking distance. It's within your allotted, you know, allowed amount of, you know, outdoor exercise time. I mean, I'm glad that people will be able to kind of, I think, I presume be able to walk past the memorial and, and see it and maybe pay our own personal respects, provided they're still able to maintain the distance. Um, Stephen Somerville says, I wasn't alive on that day, but I hear stories from my parents on where they were that day. Hillsborough, to me, is remembering the 96. They tragically lost their lives. Uh, I'll be watching a documentary tonight. Uh, and uh, Liverpool News says, the 96 will always be in our hearts and prayers. We can put our arms around each other. Uh, we can all put our arms around each other. Stay safe and strong. Uh, yeah, it's uh, again, we've kind of we've kind of talked it through at all, but I think, you know, just to reiterate for people who may be joining us on the show, there's not much we can do in a, in a, in a physical sense. But, yeah, definitely, you know, in the limited things that we can do, we've got the power of social media and all that kind of stuff. But it's a great opportunity for people to, to, to really share some love today. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. So that, that's the best place to put it right now. Just put all your thoughts on everything, social media, YouTube, Facebook, anything that you can access at the minute. Um, definitely spread some good, some positive messages, some positive thoughts out there to the people. Uh, on football's return then uh, Manana Banana our year as champions and we aren't allowed into Anfield just painful yeah I mean that's one of the things isn't it it's it's, hard. it's listen this is I just want to say this I mean, the, the juxtaposition of this is a bit is a bit tricky obviously with the with, with the Hillsborough stuff it all feels very very 
well, it's just not important, really, is it? I mean, given given the, the the wider circumstances, but you know, I think at the moment the thing that's getting me is like they've got the banner hung off from the cop, um, and you just you know that day the things for me that t- today the most important thing we'll deal with the football stuff in in, in due course, but. It's yeah, I can't get my head around the fact that you know there's all these people who are, who are going to be at home and locked away today. You could really do with the support, but yeah, again, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, all we can share is thoughts and feelings. Hope they're doing a little bit better from all that kind of stuff. And uh, just briefly then on the Newcastle stuff, um, Stephen Somerville, if the Saudis take over, they'll be competing with us and City, which would be a good title race in future. Maybe I on a real you know on a, to lighten the tone to some extent at all. You know, I love Newcastle and I love that little spell in the nineties when they were a mad football team and they. Were like, you never know what you was going to get, did you? Yeah, exactly. And um, in terms of, like, again, proper football clubs with proper football fan bases and all that, I, I'd have no problem with seeing Newcastle right up at the, the top table. And the Evertonians can't stand them, like. But um, I, I'd, be, I'd love that. I, you know, good fans, great heart, love to see football played the right way. If you could get that Newcastle challenging, that'd be very exciting. And to be fair as well, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, you've had loads of money and you've been invested every club's had a lot of money poured into them in the last 10 years and been invested and look who their last owner was bro <laughs> their last owner was not investing in their playing staff wasn't investing in their managing staff wasn't investing in the coaching staff to the levels that they should have been at and I'd be the same if I was a Newcastle fan I, I'd want to see you know the day our day at the top of the pecking order again and I think you know it makes it a little bit more interesting for us because we kept saying, you know, earlier in the year that it was a top eight. Before you know it, it is just going to be a top ten of, of yeah. teams that can all take a scalp on the other one and you never know which one you're going to get. So it just makes the league more competitive. Hopefully, you know, we can still stay four or five steps ahead of the, the chase and pack. Yeah. But, you know, it's good that people are putting that pressure on because it means we've still got to keep striving for new heights. Absolutely. You know, you've got a situation now where, if, if I mean, it's not going to happen immediately, but over the next couple of years, you're going to see Everton taking a, a, a you know a stronger hand, I think, in, yeah. in, in, toward the top end of the table. Newcastle could be that. You've got Leicester, absolutely. Wolves you know, ain't going anywhere. Wolves is going to be interesting to see what happens with them. Chef's another one that could be interesting to see what Chef, happens. Stick Sheffield's off United. Yeah, you know, and then adding to that, you've still got your Tottenham Hotspur, your Arsenal's, your Man United's, your Chelsea's. They're not not going anywhere. The the, institutions in this footballing game, they're not going anywhere. I think the the way Spurs have dug in for 10 years now and you've been 10 years on that cusp of top four, top five, top six, you know, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. They might have had a bit of a decline and a bit of a... um, Bit of bit went backwards, but in terms of the clubs and the size of them, they're only growing bigger, and they're going to be looking to to take a scalp on us just now. Yeah, absolutely. And just lastly, then from the comments, Joe Rainbert says, "I really like Newcastle. Not the players, not the owners, but the fans that make the football club." Good riddance, Mike Ashley. Yes, good riddance, Mike Ashley. Indeed. Fingers crossed for all the Newcastle fans uh, yeah. and for the likes of Newcastle fans TV, etc., who are going to be waiting with bated breath, hopefully, to have their football club back. True, George, you'll be made up. Yeah, yeah, he'll be absolutely buzzing. <laughs> uh, yeah, shall. Shout out to shout out to Brian, put a smile on his little face. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, thanks very much for watching, uh, for subscribing to the YouTube channel as well. If you haven't done this, if you're watching live, go do drop a subscribe to the to the channel. We'll be back with Red Men News uh, on Friday tomorrow. Is the Liverpool social wrap up your digest of all the upbeat, fun, and interesting things that the Liverpool world have got to offer, particularly the players, etc. That show is going to be premiering live at twelve thirty tomorrow. So tune in in the comments for that. Uh, it should be an absolute belter. Check out the pre previous two editions in the last two weeks if you need a little bit of a lift uh, today. And other than that, thank you, Edel. Uh, thank you at Cheers. home. And we'll see you